How do I handle a narcissist at my job? What do I do when a narcissistic individual tries to bother me? How do I handle this? Today I'm going to be touching on a topic that I believe many people have encountered. It's dealing with someone who has some type of personality disorder and how exactly do you manage that? Stay tuned. You are listening to the Career Path Angel Show, where we talk all about career, business, positive mindset, self-development, and many other fun and exciting topics with one goal in mind, to help new working professionals to fast-track their careers in the corporate world. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive right in. Here is your host, Angel Mary. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Career Path Angel Show. I'm your host, Angel Mary. Thank you so much for taking the time to join in and listen to the podcast. If you're new, this is a podcast dedicated to talking everything regarding your career, positive mindset, business, anything as it relates to your working life. Today, I'm talking about a topic that I believe many people have had to deal with. I'm specifically talking about individuals who are working with people who have narcissistic personality disorder. Before I get into the topic today, I wanted to ask you if you could kindly leave a rating at the end of listening to this podcast. Ratings are a fantastic way for other individuals who may be coming in to have an understanding on whether or not this podcast is worth their time. So take a moment if you could to rate the podcast. Now let's dive right into the topic. Narcissistic personality disorder. This is a specific type of personality disorder that would be diagnosed by a mental health professional, whether it's a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a social worker, a counselor of some sort. This particular diagnosis would have to come from a professional. I am not a mental health professional. However, I have had experience working in a mental health clinic. In a past life, I was a manager for the Outpatient Center for Mental Health in Manhattan. During this period, I was working with many, many individuals who would come into the clinic to get mental health services. And I would have a whole host of different types of individuals who were coming in for support. There is stigma associated with mental health, and it is a topic that is touchy for people because the stigma does not allow for individuals to feel free to discuss this topic. If you are an individual that suffers from narcissistic personality disorder and you're listening to this episode, take note because it is difficult for individuals who are handling this type of behavior in a workplace to know how to move forward. And I'm going to be giving tips today on how you can manage the situation. And I'm going to give you a specific scenario that happened to one of my clients. Before I get into that, I want to actually give individuals a proper definition of what exactly a person would, that would be a narcissist would look like. A person with narcissistic personality disorder would have an unreasonably high sense of their own importance. 
they need a lot of attention and they want individuals to feel like they have clout. They want to feel admired. They want to feel like what they do has great importance and great value. But even though they're behaving in a way where they are creating a self-important image, they're creating an image where they are all knowledgeable regarding certain topics, regarding workplace issues, the truth of the matter is behind this is a mask of a person who has low confidence. They don't have a high sense of self-worth. They don't have a feeling that their self-esteem is able to manage the expectations that are coming to them. So it's a facade, right? It's a facade. These individuals are behaving in a way where they're protecting their ego. They're protecting their ego from pain, from disappointment, from any negativity. Individuals who have a narcissistic personality disorder generally tend to be pretty unhappy and disappointed when they're not given special attention or favors or work, and they're not being admired in the way that they believe they should be admired. They feel that they need to be more appreciated than the next person next to them, even if they did the same work. This makes it really hard for individuals who are working side by side with them because for them, their ego comes at a greater cost than the feelings of their colleagues or the individuals who are next to them. I also want to add that these individuals have troubled relationship often. They have a hard time being able to enjoy themselves around other people at times. And that makes it really challenging, especially if these individuals don't have any type of support that they're getting. One way they would get support is if they were going to see a psychotherapist and have that. Sorry, my cat is here. <laughs> my cat has come and jumped on my lap. So you might hear her meowing. You may hear her meowing a little bit while I'm talking. You're, you're not going to know who the narcissist is, but you're going to know it by some of the symptoms that they have. I'm, right now, I'm going to list some of the sy- symptoms of being a narcissist. If you hear anything here that either you've seen yourself or you see in someone else that you may be working with, then you there may be a chance that they are a narcissist. And there is overt narcissism and then there's covert narcissism. But I'm going to give you the symptoms so you know what to look for. All right. They tend to take advantage of other people to get what they want. They have a inability or unwillingness to recognize the needs and feelings of others. So they're going to be in tune, highly in tune to their own feelings. But when someone else tells them their feelings, they're going to dismiss that in favor of their own feelings. They're, they may have envy of others, or they may even believe other people are envious of them, Right. Because of some kind of issue that's happening, they may be believing that that person is envious of them or jealous of them. But the truth is, it might be the other way. They may behave in an arrogant manner. They may be bragging a lot. They may even come across as conceited. 
uh, these individuals like to be recognized as superior, even without the achievements. They're the type of individuals who, in a workplace, cling to titles. They feel very important next to titles. They may feel extremely disappointed that they didn't get a promotion because the title is so important to them. They're preoccupied with fantasies about being successful, powerful, being beautiful, being brilliant. Um, They feel that they are superior to others, and they feel they can only spend time with people who understand them, or they only feel that they are worthy to spend time with people who are special enough. And in workplace settings, it would be upper management, right? They would be extremely critical and look down on other people that they don't feel important or important enough to spend their time with. And they feel that they also deserve special privileges and special treatment. And that is one of the keys here, the special treatment and the self-importance. So if you have somebody at your job that is not operating in a way that's the way you normally operate and you see this, these kinds of traits coming up, they may be narcissist. And truthfully, in a workplace setting, they have very little patience. When they don't get that special treatment, they're going to be angry. They're going to be impatient. If they feel like someone is not interacting with them the way that they feel that they should be interacting with them, they're going to have problems with that. They're going to feel slighted. They may have moments of collapse where they react in a rageful way or they act with contempt towards you. And the truth is, when you hear these people belittling someone else to make themselves feel better and superior, that's another sign. They're going to be the type of individuals who will have difficulty managing their emotion, emotions and their behavior. They're going to maybe be moody, depressed at times, and they're not going to be able to control their facial expressions, their body language. Maybe they'll be able to keep quiet for those moments, but maybe you'll be able to tell looking at their body language that they're really unhappy with something trivial. They withdraw or avoid situations that they might fail in. So you may be in a work environment where you have a project due and you're supposed to be working with a narcissist and that might create a problem where because they don't feel like they're adequately supported or they're don't, they don't feel like they understand the material, they're going to withdraw and they're not going to do anything. And then everything might fall on your shoulders. And then they might come and take all the credit, right? And the truth is, they have secret, deep, dark, secret feelings inside of them where they feel deep levels of shame, humiliation, insecurity, and fear of being exposed that they're a fraud or a failure. You're not going to know when you're working with somebody whether or not they are indeed a true narcissist, but you might see a lot of these symptoms in some of these people. And it does require taking some extra care in knowing how to manage and deal with them. I wanted to talk about this particular situation because one of my clients, she contacted me. She moved into a brand new group. And I wanted to tell this story because I think it's important to showcase how this individual handled dealing with a narcissistic personality disorder. And I want to do, I'm going to give you some names. I'm changing the names so that I'm protecting people's identities. 
But I wanted to share this story so that you have an understanding of what to look out for and what's the right way to handle and manage a situation. In this scenario, there was a narcissistic individual named Katie who was a director in a team. It's a, a complete team with different individuals, individual working. There's the boss who was the head of the department. There's Katie, who's one of the people in the department who has a similar function and roles as others, but Katie's title was director. And then there's other individuals who are working there in um, analyst roles. Now, one of the individuals was one of my clients. Marissa actually moved into this new group and she called me because she wanted support and advice on how to manage her new work. And I was giving her mentorship and guidance. When Marissa told me about how she is going to be working closely with this woman, Katie, she told me that Katie was doing some strange things. First, when she moved into this new position, her boss told Marissa that this particular project that she moved into was now going to be Marissa's project. It was previously for a long period of time being run by Katie, but her boss wanted Marissa to be the one handling this particular project as the project lead. Now, when Marissa moved into the group, Marissa was working closely with Katie and Katie was guiding and leading the meetings and Marissa was sort of taking a back seat, to be honest. She wasn't being proactive. She wasn't taking any control. She wasn't even hardly speaking in the meetings. And I told her, this is your baby. This is your project. It's your responsibility to be vocal when you see things happening. And you should not be taking a back seat to your position as the project lead in meetings. It's your responsibility as project lead to be running the meetings. She was very coy, Marissa. She was very sweet and and really wanted to do well, but she was very, I want to say passive about moving in the direction of being assertive. And this was something that was challenging for her. And I was encouraging her over and over again that it's important for her to find her voice and to get ahead of it. And so she was starting to try and build a voice. Now, every time a meeting occurred, Katie ran the meetings. Even though it was told that Marissa was the project lead, Katie ran the meetings and Marissa allowed, um, Marissa allowed Katie to do that until I started coaching Marissa and telling Marissa, I need you to speak up at your next meeting. I need you to interject and state that XYZ needs to be completed for the project because you're telling me this privately and it's not being heard in your group and you're the one leading the group. So please do that. So pushing Marissa to find her voice, to find her inner executive, bring her executive presence out, bring forward her assertive nature, but without talking down to anyone, of course, but simply just taking some control back, right? And so at the next meeting, Marissa stated a few things in the meeting. And just as she was starting to talk, Katie felt intimidated and cut her off at the start of the meeting. Now, we all know how that feels when we're in a work environment and somebody's cutting us off. They don't want 
you to talk and you can feel it. And then you feel in not only some kind of way about the fact that they cut you off, but also you feel humiliated because it's happening in front of a large group of people in a meeting, in a Zoom meeting, no less. So other people are seeing happen, seeing this happening live. What would you in that do in that situation? How would you handle that? I want you to think about that while I tell you this story. Now, the project in particular was working to create a new program for a group of individuals to work on. And part of that required that group to test the product out. That group was very resistant to this new technological advance coming through because I think that they felt like maybe there would be a chance that their jobs would be in jeopardy with this new fast-paced electronic project um, program coming through. And it was Marissa's job to reel in this group that they're working on this project for and convince them to support the project and to offer input and advice. Because no program that you develop and design for a group will ever be successful without their input, right? Katie did not like seeing Marissa taking initiative. Marissa proactively contacted individuals in the group to get feedback, and Katie had a problem with this. And Katie started noticing that people were being receptive to Marissa's attempts to communicate and to build relationships, and Katie started feeling intimidated. Katie started acting out. How did Katie act out? What she did was, at the next meeting, not only did she cut her off, she pulled in another person who's working on the project on the side and sent, spent the entire time telling this individual in front of Marissa how amazing this in, individual is, telling everybody, including Marissa's boss, this person, some other person who's not really doing much actually, this person is doing the most, the best work I've ever seen. This person, without this person, we would not be anywhere. And the and Mar- Marissa was watching all of this in shock because the truth was the person that this that Katie was talking about hardly really did anything. It was really Marissa who was doing all the work. So you see, Katie was trying to make Marissa feel small and she wanted to divert attention away from the fact that Marissa was doing a lot of positive work. And Marissa was getting really frustrated because she said to me, I found out from someone else that she's got other projects going on and she actually doesn't even really need to be on this project. And But she's coming in and she's running the show and she's not giving me a chance to talk. And I told her, you need to address this. But Marissa was very resistant to addressing it. She just didn't feel like she could do it. Finally, something happened. The group that they were creating this project for, they were very resistant in the beginning part uh, portion of the program to assist because they had some kind of deadlines that they were meeting. And they told Marissa, listen, we're not going to be able to look at it now. We'll look at it in another week after our deadlines are done. And so Marissa said, okay, no problem. I've, I used to work in your group. I know exactly what you need to look at. I'll look at it for you on your behalf until this week of deadlines is done. Katie, hearing this in the call, on her own, still decided to send a message 
after that particular call directly to that group of people insisting that they drop whatever they were doing regarding their deadlines and look at the work. And then she complained to everyone that this group that they were building the program for was not taking the time or energy to support and look at the work and that this project, the needs the the plug needs to be pulled the invoice needs to be reversed paid like i guess the invoice was already paid and she, the invoice needed to be um unpaid and they needed to stop the project and katie went out of her way around behind marissa's back to the pmo that's the the program manager for this uh particular project and told him i need you to Stop payment on the payment that we gave to the vendors right now. Potentially risking the entire project, Katie did this. The project lead, who she had called, went back around to Marissa and told Marissa, I'm about to do this, but I needed to check with you first because you're the project lead. And Marissa was infuriated because had that project lead, the project uh program manager not come to Marissa, if that didn't happen, the vendor wouldn't have been paid, there would have been a problem. Not only would it have been a problem for the project, it would have been a problem in terms of the reputation of the company, right? The company is the one making the payment. And now this is under Marissa's watch. Marissa was so upset. She called me. She couldn't deal with it. She said, I don't know how to deal with this woman. I I contacted Katie. I, I wanted to see what was wrong. I wanted to see if we could figure things out. When I got on a call with her, she got angry with me when I told her that I was handling everything already and she didn't need to do anything more. And then she screamed at me in the call because I think that Katie felt like because it was just the two of them, she could behave this way. She screamed at her and said, well, what the F am I here for if you're doing all of this? What Katie really said was, I'm the director and you're just in an analyst position and how come you're the lead and not me? That's essentially what she was saying in her own words. But she came out; it all came out in curse words to my friend. And Marissa was very upset about this and I told Marissa, listen to me right now. You have ammunition right now. Katie tried to undermine your authority and tried to get the payment to be stopped. This is your ammo that you're going to use when you go to your boss and you explain the situation. And what you need to explain is you need to understand what your role is. And this is how anyone in this kind of situation rectifies the situation. How? You have to identify with your boss what your position and your role is if the other person doesn't know it. So Marissa got herself onto the calendar with her boss. And now one one thing I forgot to mention was Marissa, when she moved into this new group, her boss never properly onboarded her and she never made a proactive decision to try and meet up with her boss. So there was a disconnect with her onboarding from the very get. So that was a part of the reason why there was no understanding of why people didn't know their roles. So when Marissa finally got her one-on-one with her boss, the boss who's in charge of everybody in the group, including Katie. Marissa explained the situation. She explained the undermining. She explained how the project could have been disastrously um, stopped because 
if the project lead, the project manager or PMO decided to pull the payment going to the vendor, it could have been a major problem between the companies. And thankfully, it did not happen. And when she raised this point with her boss, that's when her boy, boss realized, okay, he can't sit back anymore on the side. He has to actually manage his people, right? So he told her, actually, before he told her anything, Marissa sat down and said to her, to him, he did, she did not complain directly about Katie. This is the, very, the most important thing that I'm going to tell you guys. When you're dealing with a narcissistic person, you do not go in there and you talk about the narcissist. You're going to go in there and you're going to talk about the work as it pertains to the work. That's why I directed and guided her to ask her boss to outline what her position and what her role is. She asked explicitly, am I the one in charge here? You told me I was the project lead. If I am not the project lead and it's Katie, I have no problem with that. I'm happy to cede control to her, but I need to know and I need to understand if this is the situation. And her boss immediately said, no, 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 you are the project lead. It is not Katie. And then she said, okay, thank you. Can you clarify to me why Katie is on this project if she is not the lead any longer? Every time we meet, Katie slows the process down. She doesn't come to the meetings all the time. When she does come, she's playing catch up. She's always asking what's going on. When I reached out to her to try and figure out how to fix, you know, her, the discrepancies that she felt there were. She shouted at me and cursed at me and said, why the F am I here when she realized I was the one who was really in charge? Now, can you please clarify who's really in charge? And that's when he said, you're in charge. And she asked, can you please rectify the situation? Because we're not getting along here if she's consistently undermining what I said. Now, what did she do that undermined her? She told that group, we're going to take care of it while you handle the deadlines. Katie went and emailed them and said, I need you to do this still. So that shows a lack of consistency from the, the team that was working on the project to that group, right? That's, that's something that's inappropriate. You don't want that happening. You don't want another department in your company thinking that your department's messed up, right? That was what was going on. Marissa told me, after that talk with her boss, he addressed the issue with Katie and he addressed it with the PMO and he said, please revert to Marissa for final sign-off on the project. And he actually went ahead and redirected Katie to other work because he saw how Katie was not able to step back. They waited a week way to see how Katie would behave. Katie was unable to interject herself into the middle of the issues. And then her boss finally moved her off the project. And that's how my friend Marissa was able to come away from this successfully. But you may not always come away successfully from dealing with a narcissistic person in a job. You may have to deal with that person every day, day in and day out. The most important thing I would say is Focus on the work. Never focus on the individual. Never focus on the person who is actually creating the problems. When you make it about the person individually, people become very defensive. They become very reactive. They don't 
listen and they don't hear anymore. In fact, because they're protecting their self-esteem and they're protecting their self-importance, they will lie and they will point fingers in other directions and they will throw you under the bus the first chance they can get. And that's why with narcissists, you need to actually play the game of being close to your enemy because no matter how much you may dislike this person, if you are on their bad side, your job will be a nightmare. You won't ever be able to get through okay. And you don't always have a situation where it might be your colleague where you can step away from them. It might actually be your boss who's the narcissist. And that's why focusing on the work is the key. I hope this episode was helpful to you. I I know that it's difficult when you're working with somebody who has these type of confidence issues and they take it out on you. It's important that criticism is very hard for these individuals and knowing how to effectively give feedback, that is very important in being able to work effectively with these individuals. Unfortunately, it doesn't always get better, but I do have a number of tips that you can take into your tool back to into your tool belt and use in case you're dealing with a narcissist. The first one is any person you're working with who's a narcissist, they're going to be extremely emotional. They're going to try to get a rise out of you. They're going to try and do some kind of shockwave. They're going to be extremely angry or extremely hurt. And if you are reactive to that, it's almost like fueling the narcissist in your in your life. So your coworker is looking for a rise out of you sometimes. And if you are reactive in any way, they're going to feel like they dominated. And you don't want that. They're going to feel like they succeeded in getting under your skin. Next, I would suggest you don't directly confront them. Like Marissa going to her boss to deal with Katie, you, if you can, get a third party to help be a mediator. Going directly to a narcissist and telling them something directly, they can't handle that type of criticism. They get very, very triggered and they get very angry and you can't control maybe the way they react to you. It might actually inflame the situation more. So I would try to avoid directly confronting them because they can't handle it. I would reiterate when you're talking to a narcissist, if you want to hold them accountable, you have to challenge any type of deception that is being thrown your way. What do I mean? For example, in Marissa's case, Marissa told them that the group that they were working with They had deadlines and she was going to take care of something for the project. And Katie decided to email them and demand that they work on it, even though this was agreed in a call. Marissa addressed this by telling her boss about the fact that they have deadlines. It's important for the company that these deadlines are met. And then we all agreed as a team that we were not going to bother them. And then Katie went and bothered them, even after we made an agreement on this. So creating that clarity, right? The clarity of, all right, this happened. This is the facts. She did not go directly to Katie and tell her because that would have been a confrontation and Katie would not have been able to handle that. She went and told that to her boss. 
so her boss could handle that personality. Another important thing when it comes to narcissists is please, please, please maintain your boundaries clearly. They always cross over boundaries. That's one of their MOs, right? They break boundaries like, and they make it a priority for them to do that because it's almost like a challenge in their brain. They don't even realize what they're doing. But you have to be very crystal clear on what your boundaries are and what you're going to accept. And if that means that they're going to come in, for example, you're at your job and this is your task, you're supposed to do this every day, and then they come in and say they're helping you, but they're actually creating a problem and they're crossing in and taking your work and doing it for you and then bragging to everyone that they're doing it and bragging it, that is a line that's being crossed, right? Then you need to go in and you need to address and say, thank you for your support, but I've got this. Thank you for your support, but I've got this. You see how that's not confrontational? It's a kind way to thank someone, but don't worry, I got this. That helps. That's a helpful way to do it. Narcissists can definitely make you question yourself. They're going to point fingers and blame you, and you're going to feel infuriated, but be, just remind yourself, you're not the one to blame. So don't accept it. Don't accept their behavior. Their behavior is normal to them, but it's not normal to anyone else. And you don't have to accept it. One thing I'm going to give you a clear example of that was happening. It's, it's a tiny thing, but it was an underhanded thing that was happening. Every time they had a team meeting, Marissa, as the project lead, was trying to start the meeting. And just as she would start the meeting, Katie would cut her off in front of everyone and start talking over her. And every time that happened, Marissa wouldn't say anything. Marissa would stay quiet. I told Marissa, you need to call that out. You need to you need to stop it. I was like, you don't have to be rude, but just address it so that they know. And the next time it happened in a meeting, Marissa had prepared for the meeting. She was starting running the meeting. She called the meeting to order. And just as she was starting to thank individuals on the team for the first stage that they had set up, Katie jumped in and started to do her own thank yous. And I was very proud of Marissa because she was able to stop in that moment and say, actually, Katie, I'm handling, I'm going to be doing the intro for the meeting. And in that moment, in front of 100 people on that call, Katie got put in her place. She got quiet very quickly. She, of course, during the meeting was making faces. You could see through, do it, see it through the Zoom. But eventually, after about 10 to 15 minutes after the call was over, she got her head together and Katie came back. You know, in that moment, she did not allow Katie to undercut her. And addressing it as it happens is better than seeing them steamroll you and then you come back around and you had to try and address it afterwards. You fix it in the moment as it goes. And then finally, if it's not working, if it's a situation where it's your boss or if it's someone that you can't get away from and it's not getting better, truthfully, narcissistic people are abusive. And if you are feeling down and it's it's impacting your mental health, I would suggest, and this is me, I would suggest looking into moving out of that group because if you're not able to address and be assertive yourself, these people will absolutely walk all over you. 
All right, that's the time I have today. I am so happy that I was able to touch base and talk to you about this topic. I know this is a tough one for a lot of people. It, it may not even be just in your job. It could be in your household. It could be your child. It could be your mother, your father, your siblings, your best friends. It could be anybody. Anyone could have these traits. And having a little bit of sympathy and remembering that this is something out of their control and it's not anything personal against you is how you protect yourself from individuals who have these narcissistic personality disorder traits. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you haven't yet hit that subscribe button, please do that now. And next up, we have a fantastic episode coming in two weeks. I have the world champion of public speaking, Ramona J. Smith. I am so excited to share this episode with you guys. So please tune in next time. And before I let you go, never forget, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, you are important, you are special, and you can do anything you put your mind to. Take care. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Career Path Angel Show with Angel Mary. Something you want to hear Angel talk about on the show? Contact Angel through Instagram or TikTok to let her know. Hit subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode and be sure to share it with your friends. Till next time, stay confident, stay positive, and never give up.